Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the podcast is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality. And for today, this is somebody that uh, Casey Bolin actually referred to me, so I have not met this person. And I guess I still haven't technically met this person because it's COVID time, so this is a remote uh, recording. (laughs) (laughs) but we did chat momentarily and she seems lovely and we have some really fun topics to talk about today but before I get into introducing my super lovely absolutely amazing guests I want to tell you about a fundraiser that we have going on right now we have a GoFundMe happening for Rainbow Railroad which is an amazing local LGBTQ plus Toronto charity and uh, what we're doing is Paul Ayoshi and I have done these sex work superhero cards trading cards so you get a set of nine and you also get to donate to a fantastic cause so I will put the link with this episode and if you get some extra coin please send them our way and we will pass those right along to the lovely folks at Rainbow Railroad. So without further ado, I have a lovely guest today, so please welcome to the virtual microphone, Maeve. Hi Maeve, how are you? Hi Pim, I'm great, how are you? So fantastic. It's really nice to um, that we're going to have this chat together. I love finding out about people and I want to meet you and know who you are. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to actually share this aspect of my life because it doesn't come up very often. So I'd, I'm really looking forward to it. Hooray. So why don't you just kind of introduce yourself? I mean, both for myself, but mostly for the listener, just kind of tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm actually self-employed. So during these times, that's actually a really great thing to be. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And I'm just the kind of person that always loved, you know, creative freedom, uh, flexibility with my time. So it worked really well for me, but I have very much a vanilla professional presence, right? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to this other (laughs) facet of my life, uh, it's always been within my personal relationships, especially my long-term romantic relationships. But it's a very important aspect of who I am. Amazing. And that that alternative persona you're speaking of is? Is a lifestyle dom. I love this (laughs) because I think I've mostly just had like professional doms on the pod. Um, Mm. I guess those just tend to be the people that the doms that I am like intimately acquainted with. So I'm really happy to specifically feature a lifestyle dom here on the podcast today. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm really stoked. Yay. Why don't you tell us, kind of go back to the beginning of when you first started to explore kink and what that kind of looked like? Sure. So I think I was growing an awareness of it as an older teen. Yeah. So probably from about 16, 17, 
Um, and I was still very much a verge <laughs> and I wasn't really, <laughs> you were on the verge of something. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was starting to explore kind of more, uh, I guess like online communities. So I wasn't really active in the physical sense. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, kind of understand if, if there were aspects of, my fantasies that other people shared because I thought I I am just an oddball like there mm-hmm. am I the only one feeling and thinking this way um but through that exploration of online communities I found that it wasn't really that uncommon at all in fact that's part of BDSM and more specifically femdom which is what I was really drawn to but at the time I didn't know it had a name mm-hmm. but when I reflect back to you know even earlier years you know when it starts to there's blueprinting happening in your brain and you don't realize it yet (laughs) i look back on movies uh tv shows or any kind of media that featured men in compromised situations And I was like, why do I like this? Why do I keep coming back to this? And it was something that just persisted. And then it evolved into, well, a sense of sexuality. So that's kind of where it started. I love that. Are you able to tell me like what online communities specifically that you were a part of? Like where, what were you doing online where you, that you found like-minded people? Yeah, so it was definitely a mixed bag at the time. So I was looking at uh, mostly online chats, if you can call that a community of sorts, you know, people coming in and out. Um, And just like reading blogs, you know, different things like that, that I thought, okay, so it's not just me. Um, But back then, because I'm a little older, I don't know. That's how Um, I describe myself as well. I'm a little older. (laughs) It's like, like, I don't know, relative to who, I don't don't know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Little. It's a little bit more, though, than what you're thinking in your head. Yep. Exactly, yeah. But when I I was in my youth, I guess, um, I realized that, you know, online was where a lot of these things were talked about. So I would just go on and explore... um, you know, like I said, a lot of blog posts and just read what, or even stories. A yeah, lot of uh, I liked erotic not, stories when I was young. Yeah, yeah, it was like a really safe way of kind of exploring that aspect of yourself and uh, getting a sense of what you really liked yeah. without having you know, because again at that time being so young, um, you know, risking any kind of like emotional backfiring or anything like that. Totally, because and- I was still you know inexperienced with a lot of things. Yeah, of course. You're a verge, as you said. I was a um, verge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your words. Um, At that and- time. No, it was true, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when you said, um, when you're reflecting back, thinking of like the types of media that you were typically drawn to, like in film and TV and whatnot, mm-hmm. can you tell me some like specific examples? Do you have any examples of stuff that thinking back, you're like, oh, I know that what that was about? <laughs> Yeah, there aren't specific ones, but I do have vague recollections of like, you know, like, like cowboys or superheroes and then, Uh, oh no, they're, they're tied up and they can't escape. Like things like that just always stuck in my mind. But when it happened in peril, yeah, that's exactly what it was. But when it happened to female characters, I didn't have the same reaction. It was more like, oh, I don't like this at all. (laughs) And I didn't really know why. (laughs) Until I got this older, is and I was like, "This all is, oh. seems very wrong right now." Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Or it. just didn't it just didn't jive with me. So by the time I was in like high school, and I guess like my earlier years of university, when I was starting to 
um, it kind of explore that in real life with, with um, people I was dating and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people saying to me like, yeah, that that is kind of weird. Like I, I've never met anybody who's into that same sort of thing unless they're a guy. So there, there seemed to be this like gender divide with it, which didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got older that I did start you know, befriending more women coincidentally that also had similar inclinations or even had more experiences with that kind of thing than I did. Uh, so that's when I really started to come to terms with the fact that this was who I was in, in my sexuality. I love that. Is Are you able to tell me what it looked like when you first started to play with kink, like as from a femdom perspective with partners, like when you first started to do that, what did that look like? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I like that we're going to use You're merch like, for this. Tee-hee. <laughs> there are some things I could share. <laughs> so going back, um, yeah, I distinctly remember one relationship when I was about 17. And he was just a year younger. But, you know, in high school, that's such a big deal, right? So he was fairly inexperienced too but I I knew I was starting to come to terms with the fact that I'm starting to like this kind of thing but even then it was very tame Mm -hmm. so I remember instances where I just wanted you know him on his back and I wanted him handcuffed and like you know just really simple things like that to start off like I didn't really want to be in the vulnerable position so that's when I started to play around with that and more and more they would say to me yeah actually I like the idea like being under a woman or under her control kind of thing. So then I'm like, yeah, and that just I like it too. became the standard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, well, we're a it good match then, the are Yeah, it's true. And it just became the standard for, from that point on, really. Um, and I, I can't imagine being in any other sort of arrangement or in something that doesn't involve that to a significant degree. When you were that age, um, because I mean, we're, we're basically all kind of kind of shitty uh around that age um did you (laughs) come up not to ask you to re-dig up trauma or anything like that that's Mm. not what I mean but did anybody ever come up against that like maybe you were like making a suggestion like oh hey well maybe like I could ride you or maybe like I could you know throw a little cafferoni on you and them kind of (laughs) bristling up a little bit I like cufferoony. I think I might want to use that. Little cufferoony. (laughs) (laughs) I think no. There was only one instance, uh, kind of like that. Um, Because you know, young guys, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) We, you don't even have to say it. It's like we know. We know. Everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was pretty fortunate again that inexperience at the time didn't lead me to anything too intense at that point um but once i had started university there was someone i did date for a while but we didn't actually really discuss sex and sexuality very much in the beginning so Mm -hmm. it wasn't until a few months in to us dating and then he tells me oh i'm a dom i was like me too (laughs) (laughs) what a coincidence He's like, what do we do with this? I'm not, I don't want to be a sub. I'm like, neither do I. <laughs> so then, and then it ended. So I guess we'd be friends. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of the denouement of the whole thing was, okay, well, you're Dom. I'm Dom. This ain't cute. Okay, I guess it's not happening. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess you could have been like, let's find someone to co-top, you know? <laughs> but at that age, maybe not, you know? 
No, definitely not. But I just I just knew right away, like, no, this is not going to work for me. And it and he didn't come across that way either. I mean, not that there's one personality type for a dom and one for a sub or anything like that. But I didn't imagine him as, as being a dom, at mm-hmm. least instinctively. So when he told me, I was like, Really? Oh, but then again, people think that of me too. So I guess I don't have much of a leg to stand on. And me, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that's interesting because were you specifically getting like a subby vibe from him? So you were like attracted to him, maybe perhaps because of that? Possibly. And and if it was, it was more uh, subconscious than anything. Um, Because at the time, like I said, I didn't really discuss that much with him. So when, when we were first getting to know each other, he was just like very studious very academic and but had dating experience so i was like okay you know this 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 will be fine we'll see how it goes yeah but no i didn't have a distinct vibe either way i was just really surprised when he did tell me because then he got a little more specific i thought really wow okay (laughs) (laughs) we are not gonna get along no Um, it's like that's what i want to do to you (laughs) not the other way (laughs) (laughs) these are all great ideas i love them i'm gonna take them and use them on an actual sub um someone else yeah (laughs) yeah someone completely different um so it's very interesting that you uh started to explore and really come into your own as a dom like quite early it sounds like what do you attribute that to did you like what was your I don't know your kind of culture or your household like um that kind of supported you in doing that or led you to do that yeah this is something I've actually you know talked a lot about with friends of mine that know this side of me which is pretty much all my closest friends at this point I think a lot of it probably has to do with my parents' dynamic um, because my dad growing up was like a stay-at-home dad for a long time. Okay. So the roles were reversed and this was in the 90s. So yeah. you can imagine how stigmatized that still was. But he didn't care. And his persona was still very much like masculine. Like there was nothing effeminate about his personality. He just took on a more feminine role, which people were traditionally used to feminine at the time. role. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then my my mom was the breadwinner because she used to work at a bank. So and she was making bank. She was making time, bank, right? baby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it just made sense, you know, when they had me, like, okay, well, you stay home with her and I'll go to work. And but at that time it wasn't until I was older that I realized how quote unquote unusual that was Mm -hmm. and that there was more judgment and that started getting me thinking more critically about gender and gender dynamics and like why why does the guy have to pay for the date why does sex have to happen this way like I started to think about that all very differently so when I realized I liked you know this kind of a (laughs) switcheroo an old switcheroo yeah yeah then I I don't know it just it just clicked that's amazing. That's very interesting that, um, I, I mean, I love that. I love a stay-at-home dad. Who doesn't now love that? Now it's becoming a lot more acceptable, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree, but I would also say that it's, you know, gender roles are gender roles. And unfortunately, like, part of why my job exists is because mm-hmm. a lot of cis het men don't feel comfortable to take on a more submissive role or as you're saying like kind of swap a gender role or take on a role that's traditionally seen as being more feminine that's kind of why people come to me and pay me to be like super discreet (laughs) you know about 
exploring this kind of part of their identity, right? So unfortunately, and fortunately for my bank, um, (laughs) for my bank account, (laughs) that still, I feel like, is very much a stigma. It is. So yeah, it's it's very much a duality, right? Because in a way, I feel like maybe those kinks and fetishes for them come about as a result of having to always embody that That's kind of the thing to set persona. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of a catch-22, right? Because if it was a lot more open, then who knows? I'm sure there would still be people that wanted to see pro-doms, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it, it would just be an taboo thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's sure. got to be wrong to, um, to be you good. know, to feel so good. <laughs> yeah, to feel so right. <laughs> it's funny because a lot, like, I look back on some of my more serious relationships, especially in like my early to mid 20s. And what's funny is quite a few of them that were otherwise, you know, I guess, masculine in their ordinary lives, mm-hmm. told me that during these encounters, we would have that they're like, wow, I've like never dated somebody that wanted to like take charge like that. I don't have to guess at anything. You just tell me what you want. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I think regardless of the arrangement, that's, you know, you should communicate what, what you want and how you want it kind of thing. Yeah, but um, we're not cultured to do that. Like, as, no. you know, being cultured female, like that's not what, yeah. that's not learned information. Like that's true. Learned yeah. traits, right? We're trained to be polite and, you know, defer mm-hmm. and um, not take up too much space. So, mm-hmm. especially with sex, yeah. Yes, exactly. Especially with sex, and in any sort of relationship where a cis man is involved, right? Like, mm-hmm. no, you decide. You do the thing. So I'm very. I'm so interested that that was kind of <laughs> not the way you were cultured. Sounds like. No, no, like not I, I the way you were brought say... up. No, like, but like my, like my dad was very much the kind of person to say, like, you know, say what you think and state your opinion because nobody's a mind reader. So you you need to let people know how you think and feel about things. And my relationship with them growing up was very communicative in that way. So I think I just carry that over into my personal life. So even if it's just a dating situation, that's, I guess that's why sometimes I get frustrated because I might be dealing with a person who's not saying what they really want to say. Yeah. And I'm like... I'm out here saying the thing. Why aren't you saying the thing? <laughs> Why am I doing all the work? Yeah, exactly. That's so when it... me in a session, for sure. I'm like, fucking oh, really? you contribute. Oh my God, yes. I'm I'm like constantly trying to like get the sub to play with me. I'm like, don't just lie there. Talk to me. <laughs> what do you think this is going to be like? No, it's not going to be like that. Like, give me something to play off of. Give me an energy to like you know, like to volley back at you, you know what I mean? Like, contribute. Mm -hmm. This is a collaboration. Actually, I have a question for you, if I could ask. Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) So when you when you get clients, right? Yes. I've heard a lot of pro doms that I've spoken to say that they'll just come right out and say like, oh, I, I can handle anything. <laughs> it's like, it's really vague. It's like, well, first of all, that's not true because yes. everybody has their limits. And secondly, that doesn't help. So is that something that you've encountered a lot? Um, the Yeah, the no limit sub, you know, until you're like, okay, great. <laughs> I'm going to get out a cheese grater. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, and then they're Please like, Please tell oh. me you have a cheese grater just as a joke. <laughs> 
Yeah, anytime someone says they have no limits, I'm just like, really? Um, yeah, but um, that happens uh, a lot with people who are new to kink, that's for sure. And a lot with people mm-hmm. who are, they really get off on like the servitude aspect um, mm-hmm. of like femdom. So they're literally like, they they essentially aren't giving me any like anything to work with. They're like, well, I'll do whatever you want. And it's like, great. That is a great mindset. Um, <laughs> love it. But also you have to give me information so that I can facilitate a good scene for you. And also, like, most importantly, I do need to know, like, your, your absolute limits and boundaries, like your hard limits and boundaries. Because, like, you know, if I whip something out, mid-scene isn't the best time to talk about stuff like that for a, a lot of different reasons. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. Unfortunately, I do... Um, encounter that a lot but I think I'm really good with dealing with like specifically with negotiation with people who are new to kink I think I've really developed some good skills as far as that goes so Mm. um I can kind of like turn a conversation that sounds like that like oh I don't know I don't know I'm just here to serve you and do whatever you want into like okay give me three different things you want to explore today tell me you know, a couple of things that you absolutely do not want to explore today. What's the vibe? You know, what do you picture in your head? What's the last thing you masturbated to? Like on and on. I've got like a bullet list of points in my head uh, to ask the person to like, you know, because it's like pulling teeth sometimes with these people that that aren't (laughs) used to negotiating a kink scene, right? So I've got to just really extract all that information. You can tell I'm in a med fit. Wow. (laughs) And like interrogation scenes and like torture scenes. But it's, it honestly feels like that. (laughs) It's almost a little meta. It's a little meta in a way, right? Just tell me what you want. (laughs) It is an interrogation because it's like you're not giving me the answers I want. Yeah. And I'm going to have to pull it out if you like tea. Yeah. So, okay, so now in your life, you are a lifestyle dom. So what does that kind of look like, how you kind of practice femdom and practice your kink nowadays? Yeah, so I'm single now. So most of my practice, I guess, is just with people that are close to me that are into the same kind of thing, which isn't a lot. Uh, So when it does come up, it's just like a fun opportunity to hang out with friends and do a little more. So that's mostly what it entails now. Yeah, I love platonic kink. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But when I am dating someone, like I always want to build up to it, of course, right? Oh, like before you disclose? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely see advantages to coming right out and and telling somebody. But I think that just depends on context. It depends on like how you meet them and when you meet them and and that sort of thing. But I have had experiences where someone found out pretty quickly uh, in some way or another. And then they were just like an overeager high school boy. And that's all they asked me about. Right. that's not fun because if, if I want to actually date somebody, I want to actually get to know them too, not just that part of themselves. It's like, yeah, I, I love your enthusiasm, but this is not the totality of who I am. Like I'm devoted to a lot of different things yeah. in my life. So, you know, treat it like an actual dating situation. Now, that right. being said, if not if like I a meet professional someone, session. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it, you're not even paying me. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna sit here and tell you about all my kinks and i'm not even being compensated yes something. yeah you know like a lot of time wasters i guess um 
so I try to build up to it very gradually. So when I feel comfortable enough and they feel comfortable enough with me, then I'll usually lead that conversation myself and say, hey, like, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before because most of my serious relationships, I was there first. Okay. To ever have that kind of arrangement. So they're just like, oh, whoa, this is new. <laughs> this is not what I ever thought I would have, but I dig it. So it, was, it would always just be a gradual progression and I still kind of treat it that way and then I get to know eventually what you know like you said too what their hard limits are going to be and they might not even know that yet so we might do some exploration then they go okay no not that (laughs) and then I know right yeah for sure that can be a little scene you know just like Mm -hmm. finding those things out like I call it like a sensation platter you know where I bring out like a whole (laughs) big range of things and it's like let's just play with all these things on the very light end Maybe there's no real overt power dynamic happening, so you'll feel more comfortable to, you know, tell me, like, uh, whether you actually want more of the thing or less of the thing or or, or not any more of the thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for sure, like, a scene that you can do if, if they really just have no idea. And they're like, I'm just here to, like, explore. I'm like, okay, I see that. I can do that, too. So you find kind of the same thing happening as a lifestyle dom. For sure, yeah, because, you know, like you like you said before, too, there are a lot of people who might try to assert that, oh, yeah, I, I can bring on anything or just, oh, I like you so much that I'll do whatever. And it's like, no, you have limitations, even if you don't know what they are yet. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. And then we actually get into something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That might be a pro tip for me, actually. The next time I have this conversation with someone, I'll just have a cheese grater like on the kitchen counter and be like, this isn't just for cheese. (laughs) And be like, no, no, no. Okay, babe, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's much how the conversation works. Yeah, that's how it goes. They're like, oh, no, 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 okay, 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 I'm, uh, oh, then they try to find a few, okay. and you're like, very we, good. <laughs> we've got a starting point, now we can downgrade, okay, cheese grater's a no-go, now let's work our way back down. <laughs> so what does that look like then, when it's somebody who is new to, you know, being a bottom or being a submissive, what does that conversation look like for you? Mm, that's a great question. I, I think it really just depends on the person. So mm-hmm. I've had the experience very generally that, uh, at least with, with male partners, uh, that they're generally kind of t- timid to begin with. So they're not really out about something like their sexuality in the first place. So it's once they get to a certain point of comfort with me that they'll start to confide in me about these things or, you know, I bring it up to them and they're like, okay, well, I'm glad you brought this up because (laughs) I didn't want to talk about it yet, you know, which uh, might run counter to the stereotype a little bit of what a typical male sub looks like, you know, like some high powered person and that exists, but in my dating experience, it's been kind of the opposite. Yeah. So I, I have to steer I've, the ship. I've got a whole, uh, I've got a whole range of people. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, they uh, like a cis male sub doesn't present in one way. Definitely not. Yeah, there's so much variation to it. Yeah. Um, like the last person I was with, seriously, didn't. I don't know. He didn't really go either way. Like he wasn't timid. He wasn't overly confident. He was just kind of average. Like he was just an average type of person when it came to his confidence level. I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he had experience with that before. So that was a little bit different. So he just wanted to explore more of it. But I'm like, great, that's a starting point. Wonderful. Yeah, I don't have to me totally at least. Yeah, like I don't have to write the, uh, you know, pro doming for dummies book just to give it to you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so you can yes, learn. <laughs> yes, I don't have to teach you. It's like such a load off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry, you were saying you usually have to in this conversation, you usually have to steer the ship because most of the people you end up dating are kind of on the timid side, you're saying? That's yeah, that's typically the case. And and I also find too that because they might be a little more shy, they're thinking about it, or at least what they imagine that aspect of our relationship is going to be. Yeah. But they don't necessarily know how it's going to play out or even if I feel the same, right? If I'm into the same kinds of things. But they're sometimes afraid to bring it up. And I guess they don't want to come across as like only interested in one thing or something like that. So they just kind of let me bring it up when I want to bring it up. And that's generally worked for for me. So I haven't had an issue with that really. take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all oasis aqua lounge is a water themed sex club located right here in toronto at 231 mutual street oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame free when it comes to pleasure and play check them out at their website oasisaqualounge.com Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. So for you, you, this isn't something you would put like on a dating profile that you're a dominant lady. Uh, it, it, de- it depends on the app. So I'm not on any now, but okay. I was on OkCupid for a time and I know they do ask questions about that. So, and, and, and those questions get lumped in with all of the other ones. So first they're asking like, okay, where do you lean politically? Okay. What do you like in the bedroom? <laughs> just unexpectedly goes from one to the other so if someone cares to look that deep because let's be honest most of the time they're not reading it anyway no (laughs) if they dig that deep then they will probably find that or they'll at least find things that hint at it Mm -hmm. if nothing else because it kind of comes across more subtly at least from the people i've spoken to they're like yeah you know the way you got a vibe. This particular, yeah, like the way you looked in this picture, or the way you wrote your profile, or any of these types of things, um, you don't come across as a sub to me. Okay, so there are like subtle ways that you were kind of flagging, like in the pictures or in, in your bio. I guess so, yeah. And it was all unintentional. Like I didn't go into it saying, okay, I, I want them to know I'm dominant, but I don't, don't want overtly... to showcase it explicitly. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's more subconscious, really. 
Yeah, interesting. You must have a very dummy energy. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, see, here's here's where it gets a little funny. I was just talking with, you know, Casey and a few other friends of mine over the weekend about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people that when I talk with somebody who's like a more vanilla friend of mine, and they don't know that side of me yet, eventually if they do, and they learn that, they're very surprised. Like, out of this world surprise because I'm very short like I'm I'm 5'1 I'm just five, like 5'3 over here so I hear you yes like yeah. we're, we're just like little we're people little, right yeah yeah <laughs> exactly and they're like oh and you're so collaborative and you're great to work with and and I mentor a lot of people in my industry so you know I have this very like almost I don't want to say maternal but like I have this very you know like, I want to support older. you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> It's like, a, I want to support you kind yeah. of vibe, right? Yeah. So it doesn't come across as like, oh, she loves to kick people where it hurts kind of thing. Yeah. I need right? that. So then when they find that's that out. That's like an aspect of domination that I think a lot of people don't, you know, necessarily link to domination. But for me, my type of domination is very much like that mentor kind of role or maternal mm-hmm. kind of role or supportive kind of role. So for me, mm-hmm. when I see someone like that, I'm like, oh, you're like a mommy dom. You know what I mean? Like, or you're like, mm. like a daddy dom, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true. Because that there are different, um, I guess you can call them archetypes. Definitely. You know, and, yep. and I know they don't fit fixed um, definitions or labels, but I've I've read about this a fair amount you know there's some that are more like queens so they're more to like yeah. the servitude aspect or like you said before like maternal uh kind of roles as well that they're drawn to so it really just depends yeah but like i feel like that's something that you know a vanilla person is probably <laughs> more you know they're more aware of like just the sadist right so yeah they would look at you and seeing like a supportive kind of mentor type person and be like oh no you're not a dom because they're thinking like whips and chains uh. mm-hmm. which which i love too <laughs> which but is that's... great as well <laughs> <laughs> but they never you're you're absolutely right like they never meld those together and think that that can coexist in the same person and i always retort with well <laughs> if you look at the <laughs> if you look at the high power executive who wants to get whipped on the weekend, well, you wouldn't expect that either, but that's very often what happens, right? So just think of it the other way around. They're like, oh, yeah, that kind of does make sense. You're right. Yeah, yeah. if we're talking about stereotypes, you know the one where there's a high-powered businessman, <laughs> but he's really a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, but like with, with these types so of do people, a little switcheroo. <laughs> you kind of have to like almost simplify it in that way for them too, right? Because yeah. there's nothing else they can latch on to. It's like every Everything they've seen in pop culture and media has been, like you said, the sadist kind of personality, right? Mm. So they can't imagine any other form of domination or even who their subs would be. So it's kind of nice to just, you know, dispel some of those myths a little bit the more they, you know, get to know that side of me or someone else who has that inclination. Do you find it emotionally laborious to kind of walk vanilla friends and stuff like that through this, like so they can better understand? Yeah, so I guess it depends on the person. So generally speaking, the ones who I have like bothered to explain any of this to, 
um, they'll be the first to say like, hey, you know, you don't have to dive deep if you don't want to. So like, like they have a That's lot nice. of respect for the boundaries and that kind of thing. Um, but I think they're just so shocked <laughs> initially that they're like, if you don't mind me asking, <laughs> right, can you tell me? And, and I don't mind because if I'm close with them, it's like, yeah, it's, to me, it's just another part of who I am. Like, it's not something I advertise mm-hmm. to people I first meet or anything like that. But as they get to know me, it's like, well, yeah, this is kind of, this is me. Like, this is part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, that's, that's totally fine. You're not doing anything wrong here, so go for it. Well, it's so wrong, it's right, but yeah, I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, have you, since like you started kind of experimenting with Fendom when you were young and going forward, has it basically been like all kinky types of relationships? Or have you ever had a time where you've, you know, ended up falling into a relationship maybe with a vanilla person or somebody who wasn't specifically subby? Like, or was it just like all kink all the time and dating, dating a bunch of subs over your life? <laughs> Yes, I think the majority of them, fair to say, at at least leaned that way. You know, I've dated switches before. Yes, they could be persuaded to get on their knees. Yeah, (laughs) like they're the bisexuals of the kink world, right? Of course, that's me. I mean, you're preaching the choir right now. That's me. I'm both a bisexual and a switch. So there you are. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's exactly true, right? Yes, Um, it is. Yeah, so I there was like one instance a few years ago where I met somebody who uh, actually was just pretty vanilla in general. Uh, So I did try to, you know, introduce him to some things and he kind of just went along with it because he liked me. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, but I want you to be, you know, I want you to explore and figure out like what you really like. Like don't do it just for my sake because then it feels like you're doing it only to appease me, not because you gain any enjoyment from it. Yeah. And like that in, was where in the, the scene clash that was. dynamics that dynamics hot in the scene, but <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but but in just normal scene, interaction, yeah, yeah, you yeah want them to that's want not to so good. Yeah, because otherwise, then I feel like I'm pushing them, you know. Yeah, or you're they're like over compromising their wants or mm-hmm. needs or whatever. So in that case, what happened then? What where would you go from there if that was what was happening? Uh, well, it hasn't happened that often. So in that particular instance, it um, just didn't progress into anything. But it wasn't really because of that, though. Like, we just found out we were incompatible for other reasons. But in hindsight, when I look at that, I think, well, even if those weren't there, the intimate aspect of our relationship would have been compromised, because that wouldn't have been there. Yeah. So it's kind of a kind of a hard limit for you. Like it's got to, mm-hmm. you got to be kinky. It's got to be there. It's yeah. got to be there. Or at least be open to it at the bare minimum. Yeah. 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 Or or like open to it. And then if, you know, they can only do it in a limited context, then it's like, be cool with you, like exploring it in other ways, other, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's like with other partners or professionals or like, you know, just uh, solo, you know? Yeah. yeah. As long as that flexibility is there then i'd be okay with it yeah yeah i hear you here's something that uh i think might be a stereotype because i have a feeling this is definitely not true due to how many dominant women i know but i feel like people think that all dominant women are professionals and that there are just Mm. no lifestyle doms around anywhere and that there are like 
like the ratio of like subby men to dommy women is like so skewed you know like there are way too many mm-hmm. subby men and just no lifestyle doms out there what do you think about that yeah that that's actually really interesting that you bring up because i was just talking with someone about this cool. not too long ago so i don't know how uh scientific this poll was (laughs) i have no idea i don't know where the samples are from i could not tell you but i role play as a scientist but i'm not one i got you i got you i got you (laughs) it's a totally different gig yeah (laughs) yeah so they had uh i guess just between men and women they didn't look at like non-binary gender identities or anything but they just looked at like cishet men cishet women Mm -hmm. And they were looking at the breakdown of Dom, Switch, and Sub within those groups. Mm-hmm. And from what I saw, and this is how people were self-identifying, right? So women were identifying like less than 10% of them as Doms. Mm. And men were identifying as Subs at like a third wow. or even close to half. So it was pretty substantial so to say it's skewed i think there is some truth to that now whether it's to that degree i don't know but i used to be on sites like fat life before too and i found that just me existing as a dom on the platform was enough to get some interesting messages from people that's oh, we put since it that this way. is an audio podcast and you can't see me i just got mm-hmm. you just got the biggest eye roll <laughs> oh you know exactly what I'm talking about, uh. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, some of them are, like, listen, some of them were okay. Like, some of them would write, like, real people and oh, actually yeah. say, some, like... Yeah, I agree. Some are okay, but, like, most... Oh, yeah. I had one. I have a story about this, actually. Oh, so, please. This is the place. <laughs> yeah. So there, there was... I'm sure you know this event, uh, the Queen's Right? Yes. Yeah. So that was where I actually made some friends within the kink community and the first time I went I went by myself which in hindsight was pretty ballsy (laughs) (laughs) because it's like oh lone dom oh and all these subs are around and I had no idea going into it that that's what it was gonna be like (laughs) but the first time I went was fine but before the second time I was being contacted by someone who whose entire profile just revolved around foot fetishism right Mm-hmm. which is fine you know you're into what you're into mm-hmm. it's not a, something i'm especially inclined towards nor am i disinclined it's just it's just there right me neither it's like a neutral kind of a kink yeah to that's exactly it yeah so he ended up messaging me um i guess you know to say like oh i saw you're going to the to the event like i'd like to massage your feet and i was like okay well i appreciate the offer but no thanks mm-hmm. right and so he didn't respond. So I figured, okay, he just See, right go. there is is actually a very interesting kind of difference between lifestyle and between pro. Because me being a pro, I would be like, I would be like, I will, I'd love to do that for money. But uh, right. if it's not for money, then I'm not that interested. Because it's one of those kinks that's kind of falling on the line for me where I feel kind of neutral about it, you know. So that is what I would say, you know, for money, mm-hmm. for sure. If it's not for money, eh, I could leave it. Mm-hmm. Very sorry much to take it or leave it. Yes, no, exactly. That's okay. So sorry to interrupt, but that's that was just an interesting thought. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, yeah, so, but then he ended up contacting me again, like mm. closer to the event and asking the same kind of thing. Uh. And then I saw him post, like, I guess on one of the forums somewhere. 
And someone had written, it was like another dom. Again, I don't know if she was a pro or lifestyle or both, but she wrote something about, you know, sub men that don't let up. Right. And he commented on it and said, oh, I'm sorry that you've experienced that. So I got a bit snarky and wrote wrote in this forum like, oh, you're one to talk because, <laughs> <laughs> because you contacted me twice after I explicitly told you yep. that I'm not interested. Yep. And I ended up seeing him at the event and it was oh, awkward shit. as hell. But the thing is, my face wasn't on there. So I don't know if he knew for sure that it was me, yeah, but I knew it didn't. was him. That's like good. it was unmistakable because he was the one guy massaging everybody's feet at this event. So <laughs> I knew, I knew it was him. But at that time I had a partner actually. So I brought him with me. And we were with a couple of my friends and then we just keep seeing him. And my then boyfriend at the time <laughs> nicknamed him F- uh, Creep Master, I think. <laughs> Creep Master 5000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, Creep Master, the guy that will massage your feet at your convenience. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, you know, kept looking in our direction. And I'm like, w- why? Like, did he figure it out? Like, did he figure out that was me? I don't know. <laughs> He knows Does too he much. Know? Like there was even a burlesque performance, like this really solid, because I think it was the 10th anniversary of the event. And it was this amazing burlesque performance um, that someone did. So everybody's gathering around and watching this. And he's still too Staring busy massaging some woman's feet. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I don't know about that. I hope not. But <laughs> no, he was just so busy with the feet that he's not even watching the performance or doing anything. And even the woman whose feet he's massaging just <laughs> looks like she didn't even care. <laughs> That would have been me. I would have been like, I can take it or leave it. Oh. Yeah, but that, but there is that segment of subs that can be quite obnoxious or they try to dom from the bottom because it's like it's more Oof. about their kink or their fetish than it is Oof. about you. So they're, yeah, and that's the difference. Like they're not, that's the difference between like a submissive or um, a fetishist, right? That man right. is clearly a fetishist. He has no interest in submitting to anyone. He's interested in, you know, getting his rocks off. As as far as this fetish goes, you know, uh-huh. not to say all fetishists are like are like that. There are some very yeah. very respectful fetishists um, mm-hmm. out there. I mean, because I facilitate um, sessions for both, right, for fetishists and submissives. But it's important for me to know so I know how to facilitate the session, which you are. You know what I mean? And I feel like right. a lot of people are not self aware about which they are. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to serve you and worship you. Meanwhile, they're a foot fetishist, and they just want to satisfy their own fetish in the scene. They don't, mm-hmm. they're not interested in serving me what I want. They do, I didn't even get asked how I want to be worshipped <laughs> or served. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, so it's like, what aspect of that is submissive then? You would have to ask, right? <laughs> there you go. That is a great one. That was a great retort. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about all this, all that fetish, foot fetishism that you just described. What aspect of that is submissive? <laughs> Write an essay, pay me $50, uh, and get 1, that in by words. 5 p.m. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> just turn into like, just role play as a prof all of a sudden. It's like, oh. give me a 1,000 word essay explaining in I mean, what always. respects. <laughs> but pay me because it's a writing assignment. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pay me so that you can write an essay. That's what a true submissive would do. 
Oh my God, it is. I mean, I hand out writing assignments. No, it's funny though. Um, I do have a, a really funny submissive that uh, actually hates writing. Like his sexting is deplorable. Like he just can't, he has, he has the worst spelling. Um, <laughs> but he's lovely. I love him dearly. But he actually paid me 50 bucks to not give him a writing assignment one time. <laughs> more than 50 i think he might have given me a 100 bucks that day just to not make him because yeah yeah because i was writing about i was like i don't know maybe i was tweeting about it or something about writing assignments that day and i was getting some gigs like handing out writing assignments and he was like i will pay you 100 dollars to not do the writing assignment and i was like i will hold you to that and he did damn it because he's a good submissive Oh my God, that's incredible. But you know, that could be, you know, if you're not doing it already, that could almost be like a, a subset of your work. It's like, you know, how about this? Pay me to do what you don't want. <laughs> They'll be like, okay, sure. No cheese grater. Here's 200 yeah, yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the new thing. 100 bucks to not use the cheese grater. Yeah. I love it. I love those denial subs, though, that literally will pay you to like not see content or to not you know what I mean to be denied Mm -hmm. of a service so you literally are doing nothing it's just Vindom at that point (laughs) that's true yeah (laughs) oh my god so okay why don't you um tell me with some of the time we have left um what specifically there was a tweet going around today and I didn't even know where to start it was just one of those ones where it's like what are your top five kinks and tag five people? You know what I mean? And I already mm-hmm. was sweating because I'm like, I don't even know if I could say a top five. Could you? For me, I, like I need help writing this tweet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and pay me $50 because I'll consider that a writing assignment. Um, no, <laughs> Get that stuff that doesn't want to do it. <laughs> Um, no, do you have, like, could you give me a top five? I could try. Yeah, you um, could try, yeah. Okay, so I'm definitely, like, the last time I took the BDSM test, I did just the Dom side. Yeah. Um. So, I, but it was such a long time ago. So, what I do remember from it was Rigor was one of my top oh, things. Oh, you're Rigor. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I know shit I mean, I'm about not rope. Great with ropes. I'm terrible <laughs> with rope. I know nothing. Negative. No, I want to learn more. Like, I, maybe I'll go to workshops or something once, you know, the, the Rona settles a little bit. Yeah, um, I've tried even taking workshops. I still can't pick it up. I'm just shit with rope. Anyway, yeah. so rigor, like love a, it. It's almost like a boy or girl scouts thing. Like, you know. A little bit, eh? To, girl guides. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get just that. Like, I didn't get that that patch. <laughs> no, I didn't I did not girl guides. That's when I first learned how, how sexist that whole thing was because like like the girl guides were all just like, hey, here's how to bake and make Christmas decorations. And the boys got to do all the fun exploratory stuff. Yeah, they were in so the I woods wasn't... and we were like yeah. in a high school gym, like <laughs> dancing and singing songs. <laughs> I was in a church basement. <laughs> oh, I had a good then. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we were in the church basement. So, I mean, they never, like, you know, went into religion or anything like that, really. Except we did go to a service once. And, like, my family wasn't religious. So it was kind of strange to go to that. That is weird. 
You're like, yeah, what is happening? Where am I right now? I don't get it. Yeah, I think I was around seven or eight. And like my mom took me because she was one of the, um, I guess, like one of the counselors for right. a girl guide. So that's why I had to be in it. And oh she brought she brought me with her. And then they had like the crackers and the wine. And I'm like, what is this? Like, I'm confused. And she's like, shh, be respectful. I'm like, I, I can't what? disrespect what I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't get what this is. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> anyway, that's a total aside. Sidebar. But, but it would have been really interesting, though, if we had learned the ropes back then, because I'm I sure. Mean, I would have loved that. Like, if I, yeah, if I could kind of rewrite my script you know it would be to like mm-hmm. exactly do that like girl guides that early learn knots get into sailing or something where you have to like learn knots you know because mm-hmm. it'll come in real handy down the line later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i guess yeah definitely that okay so that's one this is in no particular order definitely gagging like i love to silence Ooh. somebody or just to have them in a situation where they can't speak clearly. Ooh, I love is a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I love like mishearing, purposefully mishearing stuff. Um mm-hmm. when like a sub is gagged. <laughs> I'm like, oh you said harder. <laughs> like, you know, I love that. I'm like, yeah, what I no, heard I was love that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, oh, I thought you were getting sassy with me. And they're like, no, no. <laughs> it's really cute. I enjoy that. I have, while in a gig, said the word, said something. I don't remember what it is, but it really sounded like I said asshole. Like I was telling, <laughs> and I'm like, I swear to fucking God, I'm not a brat at all. So I was like mortified uh-huh. that he thought I said asshole. I was like. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> what happened as a result of that? I think he just made fun of me. I think because I was okay. so just like shaking my head like, oh my God, no, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, that's super cute, though. Yeah, I'm a cute sub. Um. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, rigor. Yeah, so the, rigor and the gags are pretty versatile. Um, so it could be like the ball gags or panties, like just different things like that. My tape, hand. I love to use, too. Ooh, mm-hmm. tape. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Uh, okay, so rigor. A dick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Good. Yes. Oh. It's true. And I do, yeah. I could and I do. Could and do. Yep. Uh Let's see, what else is there? I don't know, I guess, I don't know if this counts as just one, but role plays in general. Oh, big fan. Yeah, like I like to get really creative, especially if it kind of starts off as, you know, maybe he has a role that you would typically associate with like, okay, he's going to be the dom in this situation, clearly, right? But then they're not, Yeah. (laughs) like to flip it around. Yeah, I love like teacher student where the student's the dom. That's like stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did one once that was really fun where I was like a college girl and I was driving too fast. And then the guy was a cop. So normally when people hear that, they think, oh, he's going to dominate you, right? Yep. No, we completely switched that. And it it was so much fun. Yeah. He was like, yeah, let's do that more often. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, okay, we'll put on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, Okay, what else? Um, I guess involving... uh, like ice. I love playing with Ooh, ice. Temperature play. Uh-huh. So I like to get just like a tray, like an actual ice tray and just put some ice in the glass. Yeah. Pull it out and just like spread it on their body <sighs> and just like see the, tor- you know, the tortured look like, oh, it's too cold. <laughs> like, yeah. I love the that. reaction, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm all about a reaction. 
I need to elicit a reaction. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I guess to, I don't know if it would be top five, but I'm just going to throw a fifth one in Bring it home. Bring it home. Yeah. Uh, The servitude. So my last serious relationship, he was really into this. So because I work and study pretty much entirely online, uh, when we were seeing each other, he would always bring like tea or snacks or just anything that I would want. And I wouldn't even have to ask. Like he got to the point where he just did it. Yeah. And then would just sit beside me and be like, I hope this pleases you, queen. I hope this makes you happy, queen. Like that kind of thing. And just give him a little pet and go, okay, go away. Yeah, yeah. I have to work <laughs> you now. You loved it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's yeah, that's really cute. Oh, mm-hmm. I love a little like servant puppy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> around the house. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah. What would you, what would you say as like a top five? Oh, God. Or I, top three? I honestly don't even know objectification for sure Ooh, mm-hmm. um i might say like med fat um yeah any Ooh, like I've never done that and like med fat even like can be a little broader than like specific medical implements and specific it's a vibe for me med fat that's mm. what i'm into so it can be like something where you're just like inspecting someone like that mm, kind of yeah. a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm going to say MedFit for one. Objectification. I mean, you mentioned some great ones. Gagging is great. Oh, mm, It's one of my favorites, I think. Probably more than rigor. I'd put that as my number one. You know what? I, I masturbate so often thinking about being like rigged up and just like used and abused. Like that is a very... So maybe Rope Bunny is uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. is mm-hmm. one of mine. Like I so very often think of that. <laughs> also, just like <laughs> now, I'm just my mind is running. I'm like, what else do I <laughs> masturbate about? Oh yeah, um, I love just like getting masturbating about like getting plowed by like multiple dicks, um, whether they're flesh and blood dicks Ooh, or wow. not. Like, doesn't matter the gender of the people, but like just dominated mm-hmm. by like multiple dicks all at once. Overstim is for sure in there because that's essentially what that is. Like a million things happening to me. And I really love topping scenes like that, too. Like, just overwhelming the person until they're, like, in tears. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just almost like every orifice. Every, everything. <laughs> like, every bit of their body is being stimulated in, like, a different Ooh. intense way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually had a situation like that not too long ago where it was, oh, like... congratulations. Uh... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Where's my award? I want my award for this. (laughs) No, we had a situation. It was a play situation. So I was co-doming with somebody. Oh, love it. I love co-topping. So we had, yeah. Oh, Oh, I love co-topping so much. Yeah. It's so much fun. So she was doing like the pegging. Mm -hmm. And then I grabbed a dildo, I guess, and just had him suck on that. So it's like the mouth. Spit roast. And the S. Yeah. So we had both of them going at the same time. Yeah. And like you can see what I really like too is just as an extension of all of this is like the vulnerability in their eyes. You know, like where they just like you can tell how much they're enjoying it, but they still look so helpless. Like, oh, that's so cute. (laughs) You know, I love that. It's cute how much you're suffering. Aw. Aw. Look at you. Look at you struggle. It's adorable. I also love DDLG, like in CGL, I should say more broadly. That's very popular. Yeah. I've heard, yeah. It is, yeah. Um, it, it's very, um, 
taboo. Like, to be a little is, like, you know, and one step further is, like, ABDL. Like, those, both of those kind of categories of people, I think, are are kind of some of the most taboo areas. So people aren't, aren't open about it very much. Like, very often, a lot of people aren't open about it. But I do think it's very common as well. But people are just not as open about that, that kink in particular. It but, is. I've seen a lot about it like on YouTube actually because nice. I guess some of the people I watch did I guess reaction videos you know because sometimes they, they do documentaries or even just small clips yeah of a couple who's living that way and of course the commentary is very mixed right so you have some people that are kind of shaming it and then you've got others that are like well I don't get it but it's not really my business so it really runs the gamut but I'll be honest it's not one I've really explored that yeah. much but I do know it's very popular yeah. it is just yeah um oh man but we should actually be wrapping it up mistress Maeve. this has been <laughs> lovely and i'd love to continue talking to you i'd love to have you back on the pod actually if you'd ever be really? interested i would love that too <laughs> i won't pressure you on air <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna but I you're will... gonna come on again <laughs> right right we've got a record of this um but i will pressure you off air no um <laughs> How about I pay you not to pressure me? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. No, uh, in all seriousness, I would love to. That sounds great. Amazing. <laughs> oh, amazing. So usually this is the time where I ask people if, you know, they want to give links and social media stuff, but you're remaining fairly anonymous. So perhaps you don't want to do that. However, is there anything at all that you want people to know about anything coming up maybe, or maybe just even some last thoughts? Hmm. Yeah, I think maybe leaving on a final thought would be great. Um, great. Just that, you know, like we talked about before, I think there are still a lot of stereotypes around BDSM and the different roles that are still very prevalent. Yeah. And I would really implore people to think a little more critically about that and really, like, I know it's cliche, but really don't judge a book by its cover because you just don't know how someone leans, right? And and just be communicative. You know, if you don't know or you want to explore it more with your partner, then just just express it. You know, find a way to get it out there because it could be the best thing you've ever done. Yeah. And and once you do that, you're going to be like, why didn't I talk about this so long? Why didn't I live uh-huh. my truth for so long? Why exactly. wasn't I open about this for so long? You really will <laughs> look regretfully at the times when you didn't tell somebody what you really wanted you know? yeah that's always how I looked at it too and and not just with King but just life more generally oh, I guess same like if there's something you really want to do like just it's not as easy as just okay go do it but like you know try to make a plan like think yeah, about make it a some little steps bit and, yeah to make it yeah. happen for yourself for sure I think that's exactly. a lovely last thought to leave on <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> so okay for me folks I'm not anonymous I'm I'm very open um about literally everything in my life so if you want to follow <laughs> me on Twitter you can do so at the lady pim one on Instagram I've got pim.lady or I'm also the bedpost podcast if you want to email me about something podcast related, you can do so at the bedpost sex show at gmail.com. If it's pro dom related, you can do so at ladypim at protonmail.com. Once again, we have a GoFundMe happening. You can Google sex work superheroes um, on GoFundMe. And also I'm going to leave the link attached to 
Uh, same thing, we've got a Patreon as well for the podcast. Lots of bonus content there. That is patreon.com slash show. And last but not least, I always love to give a shout out to the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast, Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. So lastly, I want to thank you, Mistress Maeve, Lifestyle Dom. Thank you so much for coming on. I've had such a pleasure talking to you today. Awesome. Thank you so much. I do too. Yay. And thank you everyone who's been listening. I hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast. Later. Alligator. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 